This episode is sponsored by Harmony, a personal enrichment course for women. Fairfully and wonderfully, I was made, created to have dominion. I am not afraid. There is no duplicate, no carbon copy of me. I am an original. I am free to be me. Welcome to Living Loved and Free with Carol G, brought to you by Pathway Kingdom Life Coaching. At Pathway, we believe life is a journey. Thus, our podcast provides a weekly pit stop for kingdom women to pause, reflect, and refuel. I am your host, Carol G, and I am super excited to share practical, kingdom-inspired strategies to help you know your worth, love yourself unconditionally, and unapologetically be your most authentic self. Here is this week's transformative message. May it inspire you to be the best you possible. Today's episode is a replay of a segment of Motherhood Chronicles Stories of Hope and Healing that I did as a part of a Facebook Live series in May 2021. In this episode, I talk with a very special guest about her motherhood story. We touch on her healed relationship with her mother and the story of her two angel babies. This episode will inspire you, encourage you, endear you, and most importantly, let you know that no matter what your motherhood story is, you are not alone. What a May this has been. I've been talking about motherhood all month and it has been so interesting to be able to meet with wonderful women like our guest, Dr. Tia Johnson, and the other women that have been a part of this Facebook Live series that we're doing. And, you know, it's it's such an important conversation. It is such an important conversation. I had a gentleman that read the book recently. He he watched the last oh, live nice. video and he clicked on the link. So I get an email every time someone downloads the book and I saw an email, someone downloaded it and I looked at the name and I'm like, this is a man. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, maybe he made a mistake. I'm like, but the title is clearly motherhood. But he knows me and he wanted to support me. And so he read the book and his feedback was priceless to you. It was like, oh, my goodness. He was like, this is for anybody. He's like, I'm not a mother and I'm not a daughter, but I could relate. Relate. So it was so powerful. And I'm like, yes, because the thing about it is that motherhood affects everybody. Yes, right. Because either you came from a mother, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be a mother, you're trying to be a mother, you've decided that motherhood is not, not for, you, for you, yeah, or you are a mother. Correct. So, in some way, motherhood affects every human being, and it is, and for something that affects every human being, like there's still so much 
misinformation, mm-hmm. so much um, insensitivity, so much assumptions attached to the topic of motherhood. And yes. that really is, is the, and then, and the other thing, so much aloneness, so much loneliness connected to various aspects of motherhood. And like Tia knows, because I shared this with her when we did our our off-camera, well, off-live camera interview, that this that was the heart behind why I started this motherhood project to to let women know that you're not alone, to hear other women's stories and and it was really just supposed to be for a book. But then right. after hearing all of those wonderful <laughs> stories and putting the book together, it was like more people need to hear these stories direct from the mouths of the women the stories belong to. Because let's just face it, everybody is not a reader, right? Everybody is not going to read. And even if you read the book and it's a great book, T, have you read the book yet? Yes, I have. Did you like the book? I loved it. Awesome. So glad. Share it with your friends. But even if you have read the book, there is nothing like hearing a story, hearing a story directly from the woman who the story belongs to, because no one can share your story for you. Right. And so this is why we're doing motherhood chronicle stories of hope and healing. And tonight is segment six. And tonight we have Dr. Tia Johnson with us. And so I already gave I apologize. I am Carol Griffiths, the Kingdom Life Coach at Pathway. This topic just excites me so much. I love being in this space with wonderful women. And so I am the Kingdom Life Coach at Pathway. And my role as Kingdom Life Coach is to come alongside women and help them to freely be the woman that God created them to be and to show up unapologetically in every area of their lives and So I talk about things pertaining to women like motherhood and careers and how do you balance work and personal and all the rest of those stuff. And so this is just one of the things that I do. And I also have online coaching programs. I've written a couple of books. I have digital courses. You can check out the the Facebook page for more information. You can check out the website for more information. And you can get the latest book, which is complimentary. Thank you. Thanks to Pathway. And it's in the link. The link is in the description. So that is me, and I've shared why we're doing these chronicles so that women can be encouraged and to know that you're not alone and to encourage more women to talk about their stories because the more we share our stories, the, the more we are free. Right. Because when we keep it to ourselves, it's like we're telling ourselves the story isn't important or the story is too traumatic to share or it's something that we should be ashamed of. And anything that's or afraid of. Or afraid of, thank you, exactly. And we shouldn't. Like, there's no reason to be ashamed or afraid or guilty about any part of your story. God loves you no matter what you have done or not done. And there's freedom, there's forgiveness, there's healing, and there's hope in spite of whatever you faced. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. And I'm going to let Tia introduce herself, the lovely Dr. Tia Johnson. Please share with our audience 
a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone that's watching and those that will be watching on the replay. I am Dr. Tia Johnson. I'm a chiropractor by profession. I am the wife of my chocolate chunk, Moses, and we are parents to two angels. And today, one of our angels, the most recent, represents exactly one year that we lost him. And so I'm doing this, not only celebrating him, but to honor the process. Mm -hmm. I, I am, well, my mother is still here with me mm -hmm. and we have a restored, strengthened relationship. Um, you know, over the, we stood the test of time and we are very close now. Mm -hmm. And I hope she's tuned in. <laughs> Mom, if you're watching, please say hello so that we know that you're here. Anybody else who's watching live or in the replay, please say hello to us. Let us know where you're watching from. Both T and I are in Nassau, Bahamas, and it is nice. We have nice weather. It's not, it's not cold at all, Definitely but it's not. not super hot. So it's, it's, it's bearable today. So we thank God for the weather that we have in our beautiful Bahamas. And so wherever you are in the world watching this, please say hello to us. And if you have questions or comments, feel free to add them in, in the comments section as we go along. And I will read them out as we go. So Tia, and I, I, I like that Tia said that her and her husband, her chocolate hunk. Did you say your chocolate chunk. hunk? He's my chunk. chocolate chunk. Your chocolate chunk. <laughs> I like to, I used to call my husband my chocolate teddy bear. So okay. my gentle giants, I, I can relate to that chocolatiness. Um, but I love that Tia said that they have two angel babies and, and they are the parents of two angel babies. And one of the things that was, was so clear as I spoke with women in the research process for the book was that there are similarities in our stories and there are differences in our stories. And if we want to be the empathetic, compassionate, loving people that God calls us to be, we have to honor the similarities as well as the differences. And we have to respect a woman's perspective on her story because we don't have the right to say A or B, yay or nay, right? And so Tia is someone who considers herself a mother, even though her children did not make it out into the world alive and there are other women for whom they don't can even though they've been pregnant because they've lost the babies they don't consider themselves mothers as yet and so your story is your story your perspective on your story is your perspective and you're entitled to that so and and I like that she said that you know her her and her mother have a restored relationship so Jump in, help me to know a little bit more about how you came to be the parent, the mother of two angel babies. Well, um, through my journey, um, 
everything I can say, I had total control of my journey in the beginning. I decided which school I would attend. I decided, you know, well to myself that by the age of 30, I would have already been married and with children. And at 30, I would have had four children. Okay, so that was the plan. I decided that at the age of 25, I would be the one walking across the stage as Dr. Tia Wilson. That happened. You know, I was successful in all of those endeavors. However, I, what they call here now, um, you waited until you got all the professional stuff done. Then you decided to get married. That is how it happened for me after 30. And about... Let's say I got pregnant the year that I got married. Mm -hmm. And at five months, I had my first, I experienced my first loss. Mm. Now for me, of course, you know, that was very emotional. Um, For me, I'm like, I can, I've had control of everything, but motherhood has been the one thing I have absolutely no control over. And it was hard for me to come to grips with it because, you know, once I made my decision on something, I went for it. And um, with that particular loss, for me, there was three voices in my head. That's the professional scientific one. Okay, I can understand that the child cannot live this early. I got that. Then there was the, the human side of me wanting to question, why me? And then there was the, or is the um, spiritual side of me that God knows what he's doing, but there was a constant battle with the three, the co- a constant battle with the three. Um, fast forwarding after that loss. I want to pause right there. I want to pause right there because okay. so, so far you have said that you were in control of your destiny. You had a plan and you knew that what you needed to do to execute this plan. Yes. And for every other area, you executed the plan. Yes. And this is the one area of your life, becoming a mother, having little feet running around the house. That you have not been able to control, and I can tell you, Tia, and I'm, I'm sure I probably said it I'm in the in our private interview as well. That this is this is definitely a part of the story, your story that I connected with wholeheartedly because I had the plan, and the plan went according. Check, check, check. Right, and mm-hmm. then we get here to motherhood to be to becoming a mother. And there's no control, like, like, you know, and I remember, I remember sharing with a coworker after I got, when I was about to get married and I said to her, I said, okay, well, you know, I want some time with my husband first. And so, you know, next summer, cause I was in education, right? So I was like, next summer, I'm going to have my first baby. Mm-hmm. And then so that I'll have my baby in April. And so I'll have my maternity leave plus the summer off. So I have extended time with my child and then mm-hmm. I'll come back to work and I'll wait two years and then I'll have my toys oh, yes. and I'll be done. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, Carol, it doesn't work like that. No, well, she would have called me Mamela. She's like, it doesn't work like that. And I'm like, 
clearly this woman just don't know, know me. me and don't know my relationship <laughs> with my God because so sad, so done, mm-hmm. right? Like I've gotten all the degrees, all of the jobs, like even the job that I was on at that time, I had said to my then boyfriend, well, before we got engaged, I was like, I'm going to hear from the job today. I said, I'm getting my, and he was like, how you know? I was like, I just know. Nope. And sure enough, they called. And I was, he was like, wow. And I was like, I was even like, wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, of course, these children are going to come because I'm ready. I'm married. Like, let's do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, eight years later, <laughs> there are no children. And so it's like, and like you said, I like that you, you laid it out with the three different parts, like the, the scientific academic part, the emotional part, and then the spiritual part, because they go at war. Yes. They are, there's conflict between those different perspectives on life. And tell me which one did you settle on or which one do you settle with? Well, I didn't allow myself to settle I told myself I'm going to stay on the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And that became mm. the forefront for me. And with that first loss, I knew that scientifically that would have ha- it happened. Mm-hmm. And just to give a, a little background on that, I would have had a fibroid my- myomectomy, fibroid surgery removal um, in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I already was told, well, I was told that there could possibly be compromise and of course, carrying a baby full term, having mm. not well, having to be cut cesarean wise. And so I knew there was possible complications that could happen. Mm-hmm. And with that particular pregnancy, I, during an office visit, the day that I found out that I was having a girl was the time where he did a, the last, he said, well, you know, let's just take a look again. And he took a look and he realized that my cervix was open. And so, and Lo and behold, this was the same time when doctors were on strike. And so the doctor's office called and, um, you know, the hospital would ask, is this an emergency? And I'm like, if the doctor is calling, it is an emergency. Um, But there was no availability in hospital. I waited for seven hours and went into active labor. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a lot, but with just talking to myself and, I listen, I have a village. Mm-hmm. I have a village and I am so grateful for my village. Um, people were there. They loved on me. Um, my mom, I'm her angel baby, well, her rainbow baby. And so she was there. And I think she got healing from it because we were able to talk back and forth. And she was able to open up to me about what she felt when it happens to her. I understand. That makes sense. So this is pregnancy number one. And Mm -hmm. you had your your situation in the midst of the doctor's strike. And so baby number and Moses is in the comments, my sexy wife, strong woman. (laughs) He the village. Let me tell you, your village. That's my MVP. Your village is you got all kind of hearts. I know you can't see the comments right now, but you're gonna be able to go back when you're finished. But I'm seeing the comments and listen, your village comes strong for you, sister girl. Mm -hmm. They are all like sending you hearts and love and Someone's ready to cry in here. Oh, goodness. So, you know, this is really, this is really special. And um, I, I'm thanking you for sharing it. And so 
with the second you were you were about to share about the second pregnancy? Well, of course, with any loss and the baby after the pregnancy after there's mixed emotions. You don't want to celebrate because you're afraid that it can happen again. Um, but you don't want to take away from that pregnancy. And so, yeah, I kept it a hush hush, but the pandemic made it a lot easier. And so I was at home and both of my pregnancies were amazing pregnancies, no sickness, um, carried them well, everything checked out well, no high blood pressure, nothing, no problems. And we took, well, we went to eight months with him and when it happened, of course, we had the lockdown. That was a weekend lockdown. And we did the call. We got to the hospital. And of course, with my background, I'm walking in. My husband couldn't be there. So it's already a traumatic event. So in my mind, okay, this isn't Braxton Hicks. This is pregnancy contractions. And we got there. So I walked in and I was just like, look, I'm, I have the circlage. I have a cer- cervical stitch. Um, this is this, I'm this week's, this is what it's happening. I'm leaking. It's compromised. Okay. Go and sit over there. That's what I was told. That experience was a horrific experience. Um, inhumane. Um, I couldn't, they were telling you couldn't use your phone, but of course, like a child, I was, I stuck my phone in the side of me so I could keep my husband up to date because I know he would have been going crazy because they ran him, told him he couldn't be there. And we understand that it's a pandemic. Okay. Um, sat for hours, the nurses that, that station, they changed shift, a nurse, and she was amazing. She stumbled upon me. No one told her that someone was there. I was the only person on the ward at that time. And she came to my aid. Um, It's been over an hour that I would have been sitting. And, you know, I called my doctor. I said, y'all need to give him an update. What's going on? Um, They they use it as a, a learning experience at one point. And I was like, look, I'm compromised. I need help. That help didn't come. I ended up calling a girlfriend of mine and a Sarah of mine who works at the hospital. She happened to be on that night, but she was on the COVID side and her being on the COVID side, she could not come over. Literally, the doctor that came down came out of surgery from a delivery and realized that I was still there and she left me there. And once she walked me over, her comment was, you know, we did the scan and she said, I'm so sorry, there's no sign of life. And at that point, of course, you know, I cried and I was like, I immediately called, immediately called my husband. I said, look, I'm not doing this anymore. I am done. This is spiritual. Listen, I was there, Um, but he was comforting. Um, He was there talking to me. I'm sure he was dealing with his own feelings at the time. But of course, as a man, he was, you know, have to be that strong person for me. And with this particular loss at eight months, it was unbelievable for me. And though the prognosis came back that uh, my placenta malfunctioned, I still believe that if the opportunity, once I walked in and they took that opportunity to act swiftly, there was still a chance. However, it wasn't the will of God. I have to remind myself that always it's not about me. It's all about him and the plan that he has for me. And I, I mean, they tried to rush me. Oh, we can take the stitch out. 
And if they did that, I would have went into labor and I would have had the child there, my child there. And my doctor said, do not allow it. I will come first thing in the morning, which was in about two hours. He would have came. Um, it was a bad experience. Again, they were like the business office is closed. You have to sit over here and wait. Um, not an emergency. And I literally walked from one ward to the business office the next morning with my mom. Cause I, and literally they were of no help. My doctor had to come there and do everything at the business office for me, for them to move. Then we finally got a room and everything was done. And I was adamant, you know, we, we want to be strong. And I told my doctor, I said, no, I'm going to be awake for this delivery. Because with both, both losses, I had the natural childbirth with the first one. And with the boy, I, I had cesarean. And so he, he made the decision only until I got on the table that, no, we're putting you to sleep. And I'm thankful that he made that decision for me because I, I, I feel I wouldn't have known what to do. I think it would have been very emotional for me. And though that experience was so, so, so hard, I can truly say that God put the right people in the right places. Every nurse that I dealt with spoke life to me. Every nurse that, I, that dealt with me expressed their losses. I had one nurse, she had experienced seven and that's when I initially noticed that I knew that the power of my voice is important when it comes to healing. Now, it wasn't easy in the beginning, but for me, I knew that I needed to get there because that's the only way I can start the process of healing. And I mean, through the entire process, like I told you, my village was there. They were always there. It was to the point where I had to tell my husband, you know, you could take a break, baby, take a break. I need a break. Just take a break. He loved on me and he loved on me. And there were times where I just cried. There were times where I had good days and then the days just lengthened and the bad days were less and less. But that thought, that memory will always remain. And that's why I consider myself a mother because I held both of my children and I needed that. That was part of my closure. And today one sits on my bureau. I speak to him every morning. Good morning, Mateo, you know? Some might look at it and say, oh, that's crazy, but that's for me. You know, it's my child. Someone carried their child home to the crib and I'm carrying my child home in ashes, you know? So it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy feat for me at all. That is heartbreaking, heartwarming powerful like there are so many words to describe what you just shared and I am so glad that you were able to you know th things that, that stand out for me and what you just shared are that you were able to identify had they dealt with you earlier your baby may have been alive but you didn't stay in a place of blame you shifted to God's will has been fulfilled and you're not going to belabor God's plan for your life. You're going to accept his plan for your life. That is powerful. Um, you, you kept reiterating your strong village and, you know, that just sums up the whole purpose of this series is to let women know that you're not alone. Yes. Everyone doesn't have a strong village. 
like you do. And, you know, you expressed to me personally when it was just the two of us and you said it now here publicly for your village to know how much you appreciate your village. And that is so important. And so to women who are watching, who may not have a village, who've gone through trauma, you know, reach out to somebody, reach out to somebody, pray, ask God to send at least one person, look around you. There are more people that can relate to your story than yes. you realize. Just like Tia said, all of the nurses were able to share, not just, oh, I've seen other women lose babies. Yeah. No, I've walked this road with you. And I'm so glad you added that too, because initially it sounded like the entire medical system failed you. But in the midst of your story, there's redemption because there were people in the story who are in the medical profession who stood up and 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 represented well your your friend your sorrow the 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 nurse that saw you waiting there the Listen nurse nurse Mackie still afterwards. messages me today there you go shout out to nurse Mackie for holding it together holding it down for Tia right and and I want to just say this here, and I know us in the Bahamas, we like to think that, oh, the medical system in the Bahamas sucks. Let me tell you, I had a guest on last week, just Friday, mm -hmm. the, the one right before you, segment number five. She is not in the Bahamas. She is in the United States of America, and mm -hmm. she experienced similar things with the healthcare system over there. And so just like in any profession, government, private, medical, education, business, banking, every profession has good yes. and bad, excellent and horrible. So <laughs> we're not here bashing any profession and TA is a part of the medical profession. So of course, she's not going to throw out her colleagues, right? But to those who are doing a great job, we say thank you. Continue Salute doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And to those that need to pull up your socks, please pull up your socks. Because especially in the medical profession, life and death is in your hands. Life and, and even when something it doesn't meet the official criteria for emergency, I feel like there needs to be more compassion to people who are ill because you face sickness all the time in the medical profession. We lay people, we have well and we have sick. And for some of us, a cold could feel like we're dying. Yes. <laughs> so you may not need to baby us, but, you know, show a little compassion because people handle trauma differently. And like TX shared, those were traumatic experiences, right? But so grateful that for your village and... They are, so in, in the course, I, I had a question mm -hmm. for you. Um, what, 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 was, what was one very helpful thing that was said or done over the course of these past, what has it been, three years now since you started this journey, journey to becoming a mom? Mm -hmm. Yes. Ooh. You said one thing that, one Help. thing that was helpful, that is one thing that was said or that was done that you found very helpful. Listen, my godmother and everyone knows that's my second mother. Like, mm -hmm. we are there. And she's also been one that has experienced loss. And so I had people 
my animals, people that would have experienced it and they poured in information to me. Mm-hmm. And her first thing to me was, no one can tell you how you feel. No one can tell you how to mourn. If you want to scream, scream. If you want to holler, holler. If you want to shake something, throw something, do it. Whatever makes you feel good, do it. And I did just that. There were times where I weren't even able to pray in the beginning. And Lord, my husband, I'm like, I need you to come pray for me. And so he would come and he would pray. And it was one particular night. He was busy doing something. And I was just like, babe, I'm ready to go to my bed. I'm ready for you to pray. <laughs> and he said to me, he was just like, you're going to have to shake out of this. You know, you have to pray. You know God for yourself. And I know you could pray. And for me at the time, I was like, oh, no, he did not just say that to me. <laughs> so that side of me came out. And I was just like, okay, I got him. I went in the room and I started praying. And I started praying. And I don't know how long after he came in and he was like, baby, you ready to pray? I was like, hmm. And I turned and I was like, I already prayed. I mean, I can laugh at it now, but it hurt me. You were in your feelings, but it was a blessing. Yes. It was a blessing. That's two things that stands out the most for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing you were given the freedom to own your grief and to mourn however you needed to mourn. And you had the prayerful support of your husband and then also the tough love. And I, it probably, he probably wasn't even trying to give tough love. He was just like, could you wait or could you pray yourself? Like he remind, this is what I heard. He reminded you who you are. Yes. You're God's daughter. Mm-hmm. Before you're Moses's wife, you're God's daughter. Yes. And you know God personally. Mm-hmm. So get in there and get it with your yeah. father in mm-hmm. heaven. And that is so important. We need, and you know, things like this shake our faith. Things like this really disrupt us because we're like, we're serving God faithfully. We did all the right things. Mm -hmm. Why am I being punished? Mm -hmm. Clearly, we have a wife. You ain't telling me what the wife is. I'm just going to be wiving with you, God. Right. (laughs) But eventually, we have to come back to the place of. It's only me and you because yes. God is the only healer yeah. outside of them. And, you know, we use medical professionals like yourself and others for physical healing. But to, to get to the root of any kind of ailment, we need God. Yes. Because God is the one that gives you all the wisdom. He does. Right. So we need God. And so I'm so thankful that you got back to your first love to your father and you're able to pray and you're using your voice and you're speaking so bravely. Oh my gosh. Like to be able to share on this particular day and to pick this day to share on, Mm -hmm. right. To pick this day in honor. And Moses is saying there's still victory in every loss. Yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. That is so true. And let me tell y'all watching this, right? And and I have to say this, like the wife in me has to say this because this is what I do and this is who I am. Tia Johnson, 
has a good husband named yes. Moses Johnson. I see a one good husband. Nobody else one good husband. So y'all don't be coveting to a good husband, all right? If you're single and you want a good husband, there are good men available. Yes. You may not see them because what happens is God hides y'all from one another until it's time. Yes. I met my husband when I was 38. Okay. We we didn't know each other very long. We got married very quickly. And so like my mother actually found him for me. I remember. <laughs> right? I told you this, right? And so I'm saying that to say sometimes we see these good men and we get so caught up in our feelings. We but pray for Tia and her husband for their love to continue to bloom and flourish with God. Yeah, people are loving you, girl. Yes. So, but I just wanted to say that because I know my husband always says how women like to approach married men because they feel like, oh, you're such a good husband to her. You could be a good man for me. And he's like, but if I leave my wife for you, I cheat on my wife with you, then I'm no longer a good man. So let's just hear the, the reality. That's not a motherhood topic. That's like a womanhood topic. But we need to say that sometimes. Don't be jealous for what other women have with their husbands because Moses wouldn't be a good wife husband for you anyway because he's assigned to Tia. For me. <laughs> he's good for Tia. Livingstone is good for me. And your husband will be good for you. Trust yeah. in the Lord and wait on the Lord. Now, I want to end this. We're over time, Tia. It's such a powerful story. Ooh. We are at. Can we have like three to five more minutes of your time? I like to honor your time. Okay. Are you good with that? But if, but if, if you need to go a little over, that's okay. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I really wanted to, and we talked about this in our, when we, when we met, just the two of us, and I've been asking around and I know I've experienced this too. So there are some things that people have said, mm -hmm. That were not helpful. You have this great village and your intimate circle is awesome and they support you and they encourage you. But what about, have you encountered those persons who say things that rub you the wrong way, say things that cause you to give them the side eye, the stink eye, the who are you again? Now you get the, the one who would say, um, just try again. It's not that easy. Um, but I had an uh, experience with one of my patients and she has been a patient of mine from I began 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, you know, my mom, like a, like a mother figure. Mm -hmm. So she, she loves on me. However, she hadn't seen me in a while. And of course I would have already experienced the first loss. And I think I, I wasn't sure if I was pregnant just yet with the second, but I was carrying a little bit more weight. Mm -hmm. And in the front where everyone sits in the foyer area, her remark was, you getting fat. And so just how my face did that, I was like, okay, I walked up, I walked back. I said, you don't know what to say. And so I ushered her in the room and she's like, oh, you don't like that, eh? And so I had to gather myself and I, because I had to still be respectful to my elder, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I say, how do you know that I may not possibly be pregnant, but that's none of your business? Yeah. How do you know that I possibly would have just experienced a loss of a child, 
But then again, that's none of your business. Mm-hmm. And how do you know or not know that I could be on the brink of losing my mind? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the top. That's the that's what you're going to come in and say. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she stopped and then she sat down and she's like, oh, but let me tell you what's been going on with me. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I put it out there to her, um, you know, that was the end of that conversation. I had to call my dad. I went to the bathroom and I called him. I said, daddy, I was so mean to her patient. And I told him everything I said. And he said, that serves her well. That serves her good. She deserved that. I said, but daddy, I wasn't nice. And he was like, but you needed to. And I had my stepmom at one point said one Mother's Day. And her thing was, maybe next Mother's Day, I'll be able to tell you happy Mother's Day. And I currently said, I said, "Um, regardless of how you feel, I'm a mother. Mm -hmm. But happy Mother's Day to you. Mm -hmm. And I will enjoy my Mother's Day, you know. And so just little things like that. Um, mm-hmm. People aren't sensitive, mm-hmm. um, but I am that one. I don't want you to tiptoe around me. I don't want the eggshells because I'm still the world's greatest auntie and I love kids. I love on kids. If a child comes into my office, I don't see anyone. I just see the child. Mm-hmm. I automatically go towards the child, making sure they're okay. But those two stand out to me. Mm-hmm. And then there was the family hurt. Let me say this in particular. Um, of course, the day that I gave birth to my sleeping son, my cousin gave birth to her living daughter. And of course, you know, I'm still gonna, after I, after I got out of the hospital and I got the news, I congratulated her because it was her birthday as well. Mm-hmm. I still love her and I love my cousins, you know, I love my family. So I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I'm saying. And obviously they would have forwarded um, the pictures to a family member and not and in the group, you know, of course, like 10, 10 forwards came in. So it's and I was just like, oh, let me see what's up. The first thing I see, and this is probably not even a week after my loss, and it was ditches of the baby. I automatically closed the phone because I automatically went into my feelings. And I called my dad. Well, you know this. I am a daddy's girl. So I called him and I said to him, you would not guess what just happened. I'm just calling you to let you know that I'm leaving the group. No, Tia, you can't leave the group because I'm just after the pictures. I'm like, I don't care what nobody has to say. I have to protect my peace. I have to protect Tia. And I, I deleted the group. I said, I'm not saying I'm not going to come back, but just not right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're going to have to make those hard decisions to protect your peace and to protect you. And so I want mothers out there to know, because I consider everyone a mother. Mm -hmm. Know that in all things, remember, you have to protect your peace, even if it means shutting out some people, because everyone is not designed, not equipped to handle your story or your journey. They're Mm not. And you have to accept them where they're at. Absolutely. I feel like my head is nodding like off my neck. I'm going to nod it. I'm like, huh, huh, huh. So, <laughs> because, yeah, like, yes, yes, and yes. Mauricio says, preach. My preach. Sister, preach. <laughs> so, absolutely. And the thing about it is, in this topic, it's most majority of the people mean well yes. right stepmom probably said that with pure love mm-hmm. pure goodness of her heart 
And this is the, one of the things that I have come to realize in the work that I do, not even just in the project of the motherhood project, but just in being a, a trained mental health counselor and a kingdom life coach is that we can't lean on what our intention is all the time. Right. We can't use I meant well as a scapegoat for not being conscientious, not being thoughtful, like full of thought. Like we have to think about what we're saying and realize that the words that we say in someone else's hearing has consequences, right? And so, like I said at the beginning of, of our session, you know, everybody doesn't perceive their story the way you may perceive it. Right. So for you, you're already a mom. So mm -hmm. for someone to tell you because your your babies are angel babies that you're not a mom is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And the, the term that I use in the book, motherhood, um, honoring the untold stories is that we need to be compassionately curious with other people because it's okay to be curious. If you see someone like myself who has been married for several years and you don't see any evidence of children, right? You can, I mean, I could be just hiding my children away in the basement, you don't know, I could have, <laughs> but I'm not, right? Like we just don't know, but right. it's okay to be curious if your curiosity comes from a place of compassion and caring and love, that's fine. So you ask your questions motivated with love, not based on an assumption or not just being nosy for being nosy sake, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so people will ask, do you have children? That's just a standard. Are you married? Do you have children? What do you do? Like those are the things that we ask people, right? Okay. In some cultures, it's not acceptable to be so personal with people you don't know. But right. if it is someone you know, and if your culture allows for you to get personal, then by all means ask. And if a person says no, then if you're caring, if you care to know, not just because you're like in someone's business, then right. be compassionately curious. So what's your story? Like, do you want children? And they may or may not tell you. They may give you a look if their eyes glass over, they probably don't want to go there with you. Leave right. it alone, let it go. And if they share whatever they share, accept what they share, even if it's someone that's close to you, because in different seasons, a week after her loss, Tia did not want to see anybody's baby. Nobody's mm -hmm. But a year after her latest loss, she's able to come on Facebook Live and share about her two angel babies. So timing, approach, relationship, all of these things go a long way in terms of what someone is willing to share and what they're not willing to share. So the, the, the bottom line is to be respectful, to be mindful and to, to care and to pause. You know, there's a saying, if you walk a mile in someone else's shoe, try to step into someone else's shoe. If you have easily gotten pregnant and you have no personal experience with the stuff that we've been talking about in Motherhood Chronicles and everybody in your family just drops babies like- like well, I can know. count the babies, I can 
them from the start to now I can count the babies. Right. Because I know you shared some numbers, like the amount of loss, the amount of babies Babies. that came since you had your losses. Right. I had to be supportive. Listen, I had to talk to myself like you're going to get it together and this is someone you love. So you're going to have to support them. Absolutely. And, and that's good. And I love that you say that. And it's not that you have to, you choose to. I chose Because to. you don't have to, because you could no. be salty. You mm-hmm. could be in your feelings. I ain't buying nobody else no gift. I ain't doing nothing. But you choose to be supportive, right? And that's admirable. Yes. But even in the midst of choosing to be supportive, you have also allowed yourself to be mindful of how you're feeling. And you have the self-talk and you have the relationship with God and you have the support system. And so we have to allow ourselves. And this is what I'm hearing here is you're a very self-reflective person. I am. You use introspection as a tool. You're in tune with your feelings. You're in tune with your needs. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. We got five more days in May. (laughs) Mental Health Awareness Month. Hey, I'm all here for mental health, spiritual maturity. Tia is like my poster child for all things that I do. (laughs) She's using her voice. She knows who she is. She has her community. She is willing to grow spiritually with the Lord. She's wrestled with God on some hard things. That is what I train women to do at Pathway. Like we have to be whole spiritually, physically, mentally, Mentally. emotionally. We have to, and Tia has is is exhibiting all of all of all of all of the good stuff, right? That's necessary. So women out, so women out there, get yourself a community of safe people who you can trust to journey with you to share your story. If you don't have organic community, then there are groups that you can find on Facebook. There's the Royal Access And that's group. where I There's... met you. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's the Royal Access group. And Corel is about to do another cohort for her. May I call you queen? There's Catherine Coakley as well. Catherine Coakley. I just completed with her. Here, the authentic woman. Yes. Love it. Love yes. it. I, I, yeah. So Catherine Coakley does several cycles a year of the authentic woman. There's the wife, her group, and they have things that they do in the wife, her group. I'm about to roll out some more stuff with pathway at AIDS Academy. And so get yourself in community. Some things are free. The Facebook groups tend to be free. Some things you have to invest, but you are worth the investment. You are yes. worth the investment. We spending money on hair and nails and makeup and eyelashes food. and people putting hips and food. Food is important. Now. Yes, I mean, it's all important. things are important, <laughs> but we have to be willing to invest in our mental health, our emotional wellness, and our spiritual development. We have to, because honestly, especially like even though whether you're married or not. What attracts people, what attracts real genuine people to us is what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. So you mm-hmm. could put on all that glitz and glamour. Men smell insecurity. Oh, yeah. And, and neediness and, and fake a mile away and they run. Mm-hmm. They may play with you, but most of them will not marry you. 
And if they marry you, they won't keep up appearances and it's not going to be a God honoring marriage. Right. So you have to be in tune with yourself. And if you don't have the tools to, and hey, notice I want you to say, Tia Johnson just completed a personal development program. She's a doctor. So <laughs> we are always learning. I am the kingdom life coach. I am trained educator, CPA, trained mental health counselor. And I still do programs too. I invest in me. I invest in me. So we have to be willing to heal. Yes. Can't be walking around here broken and busted. But that, Tia, this has been good. This has been That's awesome. Been. Thank you so very much for coming on, encouraging us, inspiring us with your story. And I'll be praying for you. And I'm sure you'll pray for me. Course, and I'm so happy that Facebook has allowed us to connect. Never met Tia in, in person in my life. But you can meet some real gems on Facebook if you're about the right thing. Yes. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. So I'm so happy for this, this online connection that we have. And I pray blessing over you and your whole village. Yes. Thank you for, you know, the courage that you took and the step you took to. <laughs> Moses, Moses, you need to come show your whole face now, not just you say head. you need to show your whole face. <laughs> but thank you and for you know the what? vision. Because yes. that's what engaged me and got me on that pathway of, you know, honing in my voice. And mm -hmm. those nurses did it for me. I need to do it for someone else, mm -hmm. even if it's one person. Mm -hmm. But it's also for my freedom. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Exactly. And so when you sent that email and said, well, will you go virtual? Because I said, you know, I just can do it because it's going in the book. I don't, right. you know, it's not me. But right. I realized I have to own my story. Yeah. And I thank you for that ability to do so. Thank you. You're very welcome. And and I like just say a special, I really meant it when I told him to come back on the screen. So if you watch it again, Moses, please come back if you not don't mind. But if you shy, that's fine too. But I just really love that he has been here supporting you because when I told my husband about the vision, as I talked about the book, he kept saying it's parented. It should be parented because men are involved in the process too. Yes, and yes. you you two perfectly see, I tell you to post a child. <laughs> <laughs> because he and you you show that like it affects the man too it, it does the man so i'm watching the show on netflix and the girl lost her baby she had a miscarriage and you know men are affected we think yes. that only us who carry the baby gets affected but it's their baby too and they love us and they love the child and so yeah it's, it's just a different feeling. Yeah. No, it's a different, but they do suffer the loss. And I had mm -hmm. to learn that too in the beginning mm -hmm. because I was like, you don't ask, you don't say. Mm -hmm. But I had to realize that his mourning process was different. And for him, he needed to be strong for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had to, I had to get that. Yes. And then that's the other thing because men are the protector, right? And so when something happens to their wife, the woman that they love, and they are helpless to do anything to fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's like, uh, I mean, the, the, the loss of the child is one thing, but to see you hurt. Yes. Right. To see you hurt. And, you know, it's like, wow. 
Yeah, so God bless Moses and Tia <laughs> and the whole village. Yes, thank you to my village. I can't name you because it's so many of you, but so you know many. what you have done and what you mean to me. And I love yes. you. Yes, thank you. So thank you, Tia, mm -hmm. to all of you watching live or in the replay. God bless you. We are praying for the best for you and that you embrace your unique motherhood story yes. and know that you are free to be the woman that God created you to be, even if it doesn't look like anybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Living Loved and Free with Carol G, brought to you by Pathway Kingdom Life Coaching, where we equip kingdom women for loving relationships. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate, like, or leave a comment with your feedback, or send us an email with your thoughts or questions at info at pathwayteam242.org. We also invite you to join our email community at pathwayteam242.org. And be sure to connect with Pathway or Carol Griffiths on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. The link to connect with us is in the show notes. I am Carol Griffiths, your freedom coach. Until next time, remember that you are free to be the whole healed helpmate God created you to be.